G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. This is Andrew McLennan. One of the greatest questions Christians ask themselves is, what is God's will for my life? It's an eternal question and one that we constantly seek to discover the answer to right up until I believe the day we go to be with the Lord. Well, our guest today, Don Hardgrave, has written a book and it's called You Can Discover the Will of God and he joins us now. Don, welcome. G'day. Thank you. It's a delight to be able to greet you. Well, Don, it's good to have you on again. And let's talk about the reason that you wrote the book. It's all about finding the will of God. What inspired you to write that? Oh, excellent question. Um, I was a primary school and then high school teacher, and it's now over 20,000 kids have (laughs) been part of the youth camps. And after a few years, the youngins who'd been at high school camp came and said, Pastor Don, can we have a camp for post-high school young adults? And one of the themes one year was on how do you discover God's will? And so I worked through the system of the steps towards that. And the response in their lives was very encouraging. And that's when people said, hey, why don't you put that into a book sometime? So I did put it in a book, You Can Know the Will of God. And then we upgraded it uh, to You Can Discover God's Will. So this is actually an upgrade of a book from 30 years ago, if it near near enough. Yeah, but it started with some young people who just really wanted to know how to find God's will. Oh, well, even when I was doing RE in schools, it was so usual for the kids to say, but I can accept that God has a plan for me, but how do I discover what that plan is? And by the way, it's not just peculiar to teenagers. Um, For example, we had one couple with three kids and they were feeling God's tug to go and help out at the Bible College Interstate. And they came to me and said, what are we? And I said, why don't you try this and see if it gives you the principles? And it did. And they were very satisfied with their decision. Yeah, well, it's the eternal question, isn't it? I don't think oh, yeah. we we ever outgrow the need or the want to know what God's will for our lives is. Yep. Andrew, let me add one more thing. After all these years of youth work, and as I said, I started in the mid-60s, if there is one message and only one that I could share with today's youth, it would be God loves you, did not make a mistake in wiring you up in the choice of your gender and all of those things. And there is a plan and a purpose built in with your parents, your personality, oh my goodness, and the experiences of the journey. And that brings purpose into our lives if only we can find that plan. And so I'm excited when people want to discover it more fully. Mm. Yeah, look, well said, Don. I'm going to repeat that. So number one, people need to know that God loves them. Yes. And that they were made for a purpose and made for a reason and they were born a certain yes. gender and that is part of God's purpose and reason. Absolutely. What powerful, powerful truth, Don. I think we all need to know that over and over, don't we? Well, the other thing is this, living in a broken world, and come on, we're probably one of the best countries in the world when I look at our global scene, but we still have hurts that come with people 
making unkind comments or betraying a trust or letting you down. And we still got to work through the whole issue of what does that mean? And, you know, when I think of the hardest ones in my own journey, the principles that I've packaged into this book, which obviously are based on scripture, there's no basis for any other. Um, but those principles have helped me to keep on going on in ministry now after, you know, more than 50 years of it. Yeah. But let's get back to that being loved by God. You're right. It's not just young, yeah. it's old. Because Jesus, oh, yeah. said, Jesus said in the last days, men's hearts will fail because of fear. And then yeah. it says in First John that perfect love casts out fear. So I, I suspect Good. that uh, uh, something, um, a reflection of the end times is just the prevalence of fear. And we're seeing so much fear in our society. But as Christians, yeah. knowing we're loved can drive a lot of those fears out of our lives, can't it? More than that. Um, one of the things I've learned, you're right, I'll write on the money, is at times when I struggle with fears, and they come to us all, I pray, God, fill my life afresh with your perfect love. And that flooding of my life with the holy love of God has been consistently a change to attitude and a release from some of the down drags that are part of a broken world. Yeah, and then and again, and knowing that God loves us, we then have trust, don't we, to know that if we sense something is God's will, that he's got our best interests at heart, and that Absolutely. will is the best thing for us, isn't it? One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph in uh, Genesis. And uh, one of the things that I love about Joseph is that he had a huge capacity to see God as completely in control of his world. And even though he was uh, hurt by jealous brothers and betrayed by them, and by Potiphar's wife, and then in ending up in jail for a sin he refused to commit. But he ended up being prime minister, and all of that came because he was willing to forgive and release the past hurts into a new chapter in his own journey. And I, I admire that. He's going to be one of the fellows I want to say good day to when I get to the other side. <laughs> well, he definitely deserves a high five, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Because, uh, like you said, his life just amazing and you know, incredible suffering, rejection, pain, and hurt, but just yeah. incredible promotion, and then used by God to to help so many people. So, is that a, a big component of your book, Don? To find God's will, we need to make sure we, we are filled with love and forgiveness. Yes, but I, what I try to do is to actually give a bit of a I, I don't know whether it's a step by step style of my, the way my brain brain functions, but I start by saying there is a plan and have a look at that for 10 pages, and then look at, right here, what are the first steps? There's repentance, and repentance is more than just sorry for the consequences. Repentance is sorry that it was violating God's desire and plan for me and for my world. So there's a dimension of repentance, sorrow, and a, with an intent to quit, and then moving on to a dedication that says, right here, God, from here on in, boots and all, I'm yours. But then that takes us into the steps, and the first one of that is the Bible. And I was just reflecting in my devotions earlier today, <laughs> not sure what areas we'd be chatting about, but I love the fact that we've got a Bible in our own language that we can read, even with a couple of versions to help us to catch shades of meaning. But as I read Scripture, it gives me the principles. Last night I had a doctor asking me some questions about issues that are not mentioned specifically in the Bible. And I said, we go back to principles. There are principles in the Bible, and that's what follows um, when we have to make decisions about rights and wrongs and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I think it's true, isn't it, to find God's will for our lives, number one, we have to be obeying the New Testament Bible, don't we? Yes, but but reading it with an obedient heart. Does that make sense? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Reading, believing, um, and obeying. 
doing what yeah, it says. That's the first step, isn't it, to living in the will of God. It's living in the word of God and doing what Jesus said. But that takes us on to the place of prayer. So it's not just scripture, though that is our foundation for all that we learn. But then there is time to spend praying about it, to say, dear God, these seem to be the options. This is what I've weighed up. Please make it clear. So there's a dimension of praying to discover God's will. I put 10 pages in on how prayer helps. But then I go on to submission to authority. And that may sound like a surprise because it tends to be left out of books on discovering God's will. When I'm with teenagers, what I say is, if your dad is telling you to do something, unless it violates a principle of scripture, such as you know sexual misbehavior or something, but, but if dad is telling you, trust God to work through, and, and look, let me give my own experience. Um, I was mad keen to go into the ministry, um, but my father said, I want you to do your four years of school teaching before you go um, studying theology to be a minister. And my dad was right, though I didn't see it then. And those years, I, it allowed me to buy my car, which was relevant. But it also meant that I learned lessons about how to work with teenagers that went on to be an enormous help to me in youth camps and the like. God was speaking through my father and submission to his direction. But that doesn't just apply even with kids and teens under adults, though I do emphasize that. But it also applies, for example, under the authority of the local church. And so as one who's pastored, you know, a number of several dozen uh, local churches, when I ask somebody to do or not to do something, it's not because I'm trying to have an ego trip. I'm seeking to protect or to guide or to enhance their journey. And so those in authority over us are God's gift to us. And I celebrate that. Yeah, well, it's uh, really, really interesting you're saying that because I'm just thinking about Galatians when you're saying that when Paul, the guy that had encounters with Jesus, he appeared to him. He had these revelations, he went up to third heaven, and yet even he went up to Jerusalem just to check with the apostles that his revelation was real. Yeah, You're right. And you're right, not many people talk about that today, but that is in the good book. Oh, absolutely. And, And that principle follows through. But see, it fits under a broader category, and I, I know we don't use big words often, but I like to use the term the sovereignty of God, or as my Presbyterian mate Sam used to say, the, the sovereignty of God. <laughs> <laughs> but I love to remember that God's not caught by surprise, not chewing his fingernails down to the elbows. <laughs> he's watching what's happening in Israel, and he's watching happening in each of our lives. Every one of the people listening to us at this moment, God knows what's happening, He's not lost control, and he's going to use the hard time to refine our character if we keep a sweet and godly, forgiving attitude to the hurts that come. Huge difference. It changes the whole perspective. In fact, for me, what it actually does is I start to think, oh, I wonder what God's going to do with this. You know, it sort of has a a dimension of the sovereignty of God as it shapes my character. Yeah, I love it. And so um, in the book, do you talk about ways that God speaks to us besides Scripture, obviously confirming Scripture to us as individuals? Uh, Yes, yes, I do. Um, But I also, one of the, and this may sound terribly obvious, but I believe God expects us to use our brains. Uh, And so what I try to do is to say, Radio, identify your options, weigh them up, pray over each option and see whether God's peace doesn't settle on one, assuming that they're consistent with the principles of the Bible. That's why I like to give these steps of the Bible and well, commitment, uh, sorry, try again, repentance, dedication, commitment, and then the Bible, the place of prayer. Submission to authority is going to be a part of the guidance. 
But then coming to a decision, radio, I got a phone call asking would I come to serve in the Wesley Methodist Church in Townsville. And I sat, I prayed. I sat down with my dear wife and said, okay, the pastor's wife's had a heart attack. I could help out. We prayed together. It made good sense. And God has significantly confirmed the rightness of that decision as we just weighed up the options. What gifts do I have? How free am I? Can I rearrange my program? And so on. So there are specific steps. But I also moved on to some questions like, what am I going to do with my life? Is God calling me to missionary or to be a lay preacher or a pastor or, you know, one other area of interest? But then which Christian community? And uh, that one, when you see, when I was transferred to Western Queensland, the church, church that I grew up in wasn't in the town. What am I going to do? How do I decide which one to go to or do I drive to a neighboring town? There are some principles that help me to find the church where I'll fit and where I can make a useful contribution. Excellent. So you can source the book. You can discover the will of God. Author is Don Hardgrave. Just contact us here at Vision and you can get your hands on a copy and it will be a great blessing to your life. Don, I want to thank you so much for joining us again today on Vision. Oh, that's a privilege. And I was just delighted to commend you because so many of my friends are saying, hey, I heard you on the radio. (laughs) So keep up the good work at Vision, buddy. Much, much appreciated. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.